from the city? Yeah, yeah, I'm originally from the city. So yeah, I'm I'm originally from uh uh Southside Queens. So yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so you know, we yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So welcome everyone. This is the DC Incentives Podcast. So um I got an intelligent brother here, and he has his own business and a very unique, very, very, very unique business. So please introduce yourself. All right, my name is Jason Pander. I'm the founder of uh B Condoms, the only black-owned condom company. Uh, based out of Atlanta, formerly of uh, New York or whatever, where I first started the company. And we've been around for about 12 years. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So, yeah. what, 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 all right. So, let's, let, let's get started. So, um, give a brief bio of like what made you have this idea. Walk me through, all right, like condoms. What, like, what, what yeah. we do that? Like, what, what's the idea? All right. Right. So I, I I I think with me, um, when it when when we first started, like before this, you know, I I I went to law school. I practiced law for like a year or so, right? Um, but growing up, my mother used to run a detox, so you know, for mm. crack addicts, heroin addicts, alcohol addicts, and all of that in Boston, where I was from. So like, I, even though I what happened was the first year or whatever that I was practicing law, I hated it, but I used to do like patent law, right? For like biopharmaceutical companies, right? So, you know, basically big pharma where all the money is. And I looked and I was like, yo, it's crazy that, you know, black folks, whether we talk in here, whether we talk in Haiti, whether we talk in West Africa, like globally or whatever, we're the most impacted by like HIV, most impacted by STDs, teenage pregnancy and all of that. And then I looked around and I was like, but we don't even have our own condom company. Right. I was like, that's probably the one thing that could go and impact it from a health perspective, but we don't have no ownership on that side. Right. So then when I looked at it, I was like, man, if, you know, Puff can go with Sean John and disrupt clothing, him and Damon John, if we can disrupt liquor, you know, we can disrupt nightlife and all of these other industries. Right. I was like, why, why can't we go and disrupt condoms? At the end of the day, people are having sex. Right. So I was mm. like, why can't we have ownership in, in, in this space? And then when I looked at it from there, I saw that, you know, black folks, we spend close to like a billion dollars a year in condoms. Mm. Right. So like you're talking about a massive market. And right now, basically, like we're just by default, we're giving all of that money to Trojan and Trojan Magnum. Right. So it's like when you look at it, they ain't hiring no people that look like us. They don't really represent the culture. We made a hot back in the day and then they're kind of like just legacy. Right. Like they just been eating off us ever since. So when I looked at it, I was like, yo, it may be really, really hard, right? But I was like, I think, you know, I can go in, kind of like build the first Black-owned, like, you know, really established condom brand. So that's what I did. And I started off, you know, I, I didn't come from like logistics. I didn't come from like, you know, big back-end. Ain't had no big VC money. Ain't had none of that. So literally, I was on 119th. And my first warehouse was my crib. Right. And I mm. used to go to all the bodegas store by store because at that time, the only model I had was the Master P model. Right. But, you know, all of the bodegas, they ain't paying you for your product up front. Right. So, like, then I went from there to trying to sell in the nonprofits, cold calling all, a lot of nonprofits, trying to, like, you know, get some people to buy. And this is after, like, when I first went to source the product, what was important to me was that I had kind of like a better product than what was already on the market. Right. Gotcha. So, like. 
you know, like when you look at like a Frank Lucas and all of that, like it was always about having your own direct connect, right? So I went to China, Thailand, and Malaysia and met with like 15 different manufacturers, right? That's mm. how I learned the condom game. I figured out what made a condom good, what made a condom bad, why they broke, how were they tested? And that's when I was like, okay, I want a condom that'll be vegan friendly, right? So that it won't go and impact, you know, women's pHs and all of that. I want a condom that would be like more thin with a lubricant that would be of a higher value, right? And then I also wanted our condoms to be a little bit bigger than kind of like what was already on the market because a lot of times like some of them can fit a little bit on the snug side. So that's when I launched it, right? So I launched the brand. It was mad tough, like, you know, the first five or six years, like it, it was it was a great because I built it literally ground up. I went from like, you know, having my having my warehouse be my crib to having my warehouse be a U-Haul storage up in the Bronx. Right. And I used to travel from Harlem to the Bronx by train, waiting for FedEx and all of that other to come, kind of come and do my pickups to then be able to ship it out to customers. Right. And literally like built brick by brick. And that's, and you know, that's kind of how. And then the interesting thing about like how we started it was I was talking to my mom and then, you know, we were just talking about like, you know, we we're like, why is it that we ain't got our own? So that's just kind of like what my journey has been given representation and spaces that I know we ought to have ownership, but that we don't currently have it, especially around health. Mm. That's, that's, that's good. That's, 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 so what, what, so speaking of that, when, when, um, for your experience for um, Be Condoms, right? So what, wh why the name Be Condoms? Why, why the name? So, uh, how I came up with the name was, I used to think back to kind of like what Damon John did with FUBU, right? Like mm. for us, by us. So like, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you watch politics, you watch media, they'll say black without saying black. They'll go, oh, the urban problem. Oh, the problem with lower income or whatever, right? So I said, why can't we flip that on its head? And then would be, a, you know, it could, people could see it and be like black condoms, right? But they yeah. could also be cool, be safe, be whatever you want to be, just be healthy, right? So we could kind of customize it to fit whatever demographic or whatever kind of like population that we we're looking to kind of communicate with at that time. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And um, you, you can say no to this, but yeah. what was the best or the most sales you ever made for your business? Last year, I sold 75 million condoms. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I like, I, I move containers now, right? Like, mm. you know, and, and I'll tell you, it wasn't always like that. Like, when I was in the city, people would watch me starve and had no, and had no problem doing it. Right. Mm. And I think part of what happens is kind of like, you know, we're from the Northeast. There's not a, there's not a big, kind of like, there's not a big black business community up there. Like, you know, a lot of folks are worker bees, right? Like, you know, you may be able to get a whip, you may be able to get a high paying job, whatever, but like not being able to really play the game on that big level, right? And that's always what I wanted, right? And I think part of that is there's a lot of competitive forces, right? Like everybody has their own kind of own piece of the pie, right? So it's hard where you don't have enough, enough of your community to be able to hit that tipping point. Right. So what happened was, and then I think the also the part was when I was in the city, I was trying to be everything to everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, try to kumbaya, we're all one, you know, I, yeah, all, yeah. 
that it don't work, right? Like what I realized instead of going wide and trying to be something to everybody, go deeper and focus on the people that were supporting me. If 90% of my dollars are coming out of the black community, why am I talking to anybody else? They come mm. on board, great, but I'm going to own this specific, this specific niche. And when I looked up, all of my money was coming out of the South. It was coming out of black hands. It was coming out of health departments that had overpopulations of black communities. And that's when I decided, you know, leave the city, leave New York, go, go down South and folk and go inward. And that's when I started labeling our product, support black business. They, if they ship it over to, you know, middle of Kansas and people fight back about it, such is life. Why? Because it's important for people to know when they're giving out our condoms that it's us, right? And that's, that was a way of me going deeper into the community. It's the Tyler Perry model, right? So when you look at it, Tyler Perry show, you don't necessarily have to go outside our community to make a billion, right? Like if you go deeper and deeper and you focus on it and you build it over time, you can build a model that's sustainable. And that's why I think like in places like Atlanta, when I came down here, you just got a lot of different black folks that are getting it, right? And I think that was different from when I was in the city, right? Like people used to look at me like I was crazy because I went from, you know, making $200,000 a year as a lawyer one year to making nothing for a bunch of years, right? Like when I tell you, like I bought them up, cold calling, literally putting flyers up, taking it, you know, block by block to the bodegas. Like I wasn't making no bread, but I was hustling. So like that, but now I look up, we're in 10,000 stores, right? Mm. See every CVS store, Walmart, you know, we're in, we're in Target all across the country, right? No big celebrities, no big venture backing, all independent, right? So it's a mix of that Damon Dash model along with kind of like what Tyler Perry showed in terms of focusing on that Southeast corridor where we're strong. And that's what I would recommend for any of us really looking to build a national brand, like, you know, go inward. That's how we do it. Hmm. And did you start off as a solo entrepreneur or you had a team? Nah, initially I it was me and two other two of my friends. But, you know, okay. like what I was saying is, you know, money was tight. Right. Like, hmm. you know, they wanted people wanted to go in, you know, could move forward their regular lives and we weren't making no money. So they eventually quit. Right. Like I didn't have no B plan. Right. Like going back for me really wasn't an option. I hated what I did. I hated it with a passion. Right. And I knew that I would I was never going to be happy in that kind of life. So like when everybody else decided to kind of go back to corporate, I was just like, yo, it's just going to take me a little bit longer to figure out. But however, this path kind of leads is where I got to go. And when you found and when you found that niche, when you was like, this is wherever I got to go. What advice would you give for people that have started a business? For me, like, let me let me tell you, when I found that niche, it was year five. Mm. Five years. And, and, and one of the things that I tell people is forget trying to put a timeline on any of this. Right. Like because our timelines really ain't based on a lot of facts of validity. We got so many people capping on Instagram, so many people saying, oh yeah, I got three months, I'm going to make a million dollars, I'm going to be at 100K. Shit, it, it don't work that way, bro. Like the way, how we're built, right? Like we're learning as we go. We're working with limited budgets. We don't got access to the resources and everything else that everybody else is going to have. So it's kind of like, be patient with that process, right? What happened with me was when I lost all of my partners, the last partner I lost was because we tried to go into retail and we, and we didn't make it, 
right? Like I tried early on. No one really wanted to even give a black person an opportunity at that point, right? Hmm. <clears throat> and then what yeah. happened was I looked up and I was like, yo, the only way that I'll be able to have a sustainable business is to sell in the government, right? Now, you know how the New York City condom is, right? They give away 50 million condoms a year. They ain't ever wanted to support me. 50 million condoms a year that they buy, every time I knocked on that door, certified minority, the whole thing, they shut the door right in my face. That's New York City for you, right? Meanwhile, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, mm -hmm. Georgia, Tennessee, flooding the market with us. Mm. That's that northern northern racism versus the southern racist. That's why I'm like, yo, be who you're gonna be to your face. Don't smile, say we want to support you, but then ain't gonna follow with a dollar. So what happened was when I looked up, I was like, the only way for me to be able to build a sustainable business is to focus on government. And that's because with government, you know, you can get a five-year contract. You don't have to worry about marketing, right? You're just supplying a product. So the first contract that I got was to supply 10 million condoms a year to the state of Illinois, mm. right? And I didn't win it because of being a minority or whatever. I won it because I had the lowest cost. My only goal at that point, which is what I would tell a starting entrepreneur, cover your baseline. I was a one-man team with an outsourced warehouse and all of that. And my whole goal initially was just make sure I'm good for five years. I ain't making no crazy salary, but it'll give me time to figure out the rest of the game. Gotcha. And once gotcha. I was able to do that, then you can figure out all of the other pieces. But if you starving and you can't eat right and your money is funny, you ain't ever going to go forward. Step one is you got you got to solidify your baseline. Mm. And then what and then what happened after that, where I was really fortunate, right, is with the George Floyd's and, you know, with black during the Black Lives Matter movement. Because what happened at that point was the bigger retailers, the Walmarts, the Targets, the CVSs were like, we want to add diversity. And I was the only black guy in the country doing condoms that had capacity, not because I was in retail, but because I was already distributing millions of condoms through government. This is hard. That's hard. So that's, so that's when that's when my business went from like, you got to think in a period of 18 months, I went from not one store to eight to 8,500 stores in 18 months. 18 months. And this is when you was in New York or Atlanta? Atlanta. All of this happened in Atlanta. Gotcha. Okay. I so made you have shit. more support. Okay. Mm. Oh, no, no. A ton more support. Like, if you're, if you're Black and you got a business, I say move to Atlanta. Period. Without a doubt. Mm. Without a doubt. Oh, like, so mm, keep going. Keep going. Nah, because what happens is, and I'm from, I'm from Boston, right? Like Brock. You don't got a sense of yourself either. Keep nah, going. Nah, 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 nah. Like people will watch you starve and won't, and, 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 and won't think twice about it. And you ain't got mm. enough people winning out there outside of the big dogs, but them big dogs, they ain't real. They ain't us, right? Like for every one Jay-Z or for every one 50 or whatever, you got thousands of other niggas that are out there trying to just figure it out. There ain't enough money in the ecosystem. And then it's expensive on top of that. So you're never really able to stack your bread and you don't got a good life. Right. So like there are so many barriers up north, not to mention like, yo, at a certain level, people aren't even comfortable seeing black folks at that level. If you're not corporate and you don't fit within that one 
kind of like silo. Right. Why? Because you had all of these other cultures and everybody else, whereas in the South, they had so many black folks. Some of them won. Some of them didn't. Some of them did right. Some of them didn't. But it's normalized here. Right. Like if you're an exception for every space you go into, you're never really going to be. You're a threat no matter where you go because you're attracting extra attention. And Mm. whether it's attention because, you know, they want to go and support Southeast Asians or, you know, the the Jewish community or the Chinese community or whatever community you're getting filled all within that when you don't have you don't have a strategic advantage in the South you got population advantage you can make a product you can go around to your own people talk your language be yourself and you can build off of that and we got population up north but our population's been so programmed right that like the support ain't the same. Mm. They'd be afraid to spend a dollar with us, right? Like it's 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 crazy. Like how could you have a black-owned condom company in New York, certified in New York, fifty largest condom contract in New York, and you can't you can't cut these brothers no money? And that's the way that that's the way the city did your boy. I go down to the South Georgia, the first contract, Mississippi, Alabama, all of them support heavy. They ain't afraid to support us. They ain't a, and support don't mean I like you. Let me give you an award. Diamond Cash, you got the best podcast. Let me go and give you a little printout plaque that I just printed at the crib. Nah, support means I'll spend that dollar with you. Because the game is economic. The game is nothing else but money at the end of the day. And anybody that ain't saying it's economic, they're just trying to mislead you and keep you focused on something else that it really ain't. Facts. Facts. So, you, this is hard. This is this is hard. So, talk about more about now that um, when you was in Atlanta and now you're um, talk about more of, of more like now that you got the support, you have your team. Now, how is that mindset gonna go about? Like, all right, I have a team. Uh, now, how can that flow keep going? How can you keep going? You always got to. You always got to transition, and you always got to grow. Gotcha. Well, I'll tell you, we're getting ready to make a massive announcement this month. Mm. I'm reshifting the whole game. Condoms were good, but condoms were a stepping stone into a much bigger, a much bigger space. The money ain't really with condoms. Condoms, don't get me wrong. You gonna make you gonna make a decent bag. But the money is in is on the pharmaceutical side. Are you so saying like voice- CVS and Rite Aid and stuff? Nah, 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 nah. Not even that. Telehealth. Mm. Gotcha. Telehealth mm. and an actual pharmacy company. Get into mm. the drug game, the legit drug game. That's how you make. That's how you make a bag. And that's where we're going now. Cause shit, if I can do condoms, why can't I do all of these other? Why can't I do everything else that impacts the black community? Hmm. And that's where the money is. So your essential business, facts, mm-hmm. your essential business. But so during the time when COVID happened, talk about more of like. Um, advice for people 
um, if we end up in another recession or another. We're going to be in a recession. What I'm telling folks right now is shit, mm-hmm. put your helmet on, get your boots strapped up, and cut back. Mm. The streets is dry. I'll tell you, during the recession, you, you, anybody that's black knows there was more money in our community than at any, any point in our lives ever before. Everybody had money. Right, whether it was PPP scamming, whether they had the EIBL, whether they just had that unemployment check, people had more money than at any time that they've ever had in our in our in our in our as collective, right? But what's now happened is that money's dried up, and I'll tell you, during the recession, for me, it was good. Why? Because we I never closed down. We were in the streets when I when I first moved. I moved to Atlanta, like. You got to think it really popped off that COVID really popped off 2019 going into 2020, right? Like February, 2020 was when they used to take all of them containers out of Brooklyn, right? Like remember when all of the black folks were dying in Brooklyn, container, container, because they were just packing up the bodies, right? I was still in the city at that point. So I left this, what happened was my, I used to outsource my warehousing, right? My warehouse shut down. So I had to get all of my stuff out by that June. So six months in the pandemic, I moved to Atlanta. And when I moved to Atlanta, Atlanta was one of the few cities open. Like everybody know folks just used to fly to Atlanta just to go party. So I, I when I hit Atlanta, I brought that same New York hustle. So instead of me going bodega to bodega, I hired a street team. And we were hitting all of the nightclubs. We hit all of like, we hit all of the strip clubs. We hit all of the parties. This was like old school, literally, because I didn't have no stores at that point, right? And I was just trying to build some momentum and build a name and get people to know about us. This was before we even had, when I first came to Atlanta, we only had maybe 15,000 Instagram followers. Mm. So we didn't even have a big online following at that point. I hadn't even figured out the voice because I had never had to do marketing. Think about it. Like I was only in government. So when I came to Atlanta, we were in the streets. <laughs> like, And then it came from the streets to then it transitioned more into the corporate side. Absolutely. Okay. And and when it went to the uh it went to the corporate side, what what about your uh how important it is for relationships? That part was key. Um only mm. because what happened was I didn't I didn't fully understand the corporate side. Right? Like you gotta think I practiced a little bit like one year of law really ain't transferable for anything. Oh, like school already. You you like folks that take Spanish in high school, then you get being and be like, oh la, that's about as far as it goes, right? So like when 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 I try to transition to the corporate side, I had met somebody that used to be an executive at Durex. Mm. Right. So what he was able to do is he kind of walked me through the presentations that you had to have the type of numbers that you had to be able to, he helped me change around my packaging, how to have like, you know, my boxes built out and all of that type of stuff, the sizes and all. These are things that you only have if you're working at a corporate office at one of these bigger condom companies. So with him, I had our, like, but I had met him years ago and he respected my hustle, but I was just never at a point at which number one, I could afford him. Number two, we were actually having a real opportunity to be carried at these bigger vendors. So when he so that's what I would say about relationships. I didn't know none of these people. Like you talk about Walmart, I didn't know Walmart. I didn't know Target. I didn't know CVS. 
like, and I already told you, I, we're one of the few brands you can see on our Instagram page. We ain't got no big celebrities yet. We ain't got no big venture. Like all of my competitors that are in this space done raise 30, 50, $100 million. I raised zero. Speaking of your Instagram page, you do drop gems. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your business do drop gems about the positions, how to uh, mm-hmm. use a condom and, you know, even how like to all, practice. All like sex stuff. Yeah, we, we go, yeah. we go. But I'll tell you, I don't write that. And I'll be honest with you. It's, I have some of the best content creators as part of my team right now. Mm. that I think are in the industry hands down. Me, what my goal is to build a community, right? Like you see, I I hustle, I work my, I know how to kind of, I know number one, how to identify and spot good talent because I just been around long enough. So I already know what ain't gonna work. Like, you know, ain't nothing worse than some, oh, I, you need social media person or you need this, you need that. And then you, and then they don't know how to do it themselves, but they they just want to check, right? But what I was really able to do is spot good, good people, good talent that number one cared about what we were doing. And then I could also see the vision. Mm. Then once I was able to identify them, I just built them all into the same umbrella. And I said, Joe, let's move culture. Let's work together. Let's talk openly. Like, you know, whether or not I agree with it is secondary. Right. Like, can this help us move forward? And will it create a table at which everybody got a seat? I don't care if you're young, you're old, you're straight, you're gay, you're, you're, you're skinny, you're, 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 you're light skin, you're dark skin. None of that to me matters. All that matters is, yo, are you black and do you care about helping out the black community and moving us forward? So what made you create value? I already know why you create value within people, especially the black community, but explain what 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 do you create value and what was your purpose and your vision between uh be condoms like what what's value are you creating towards the especially the black community normalizing sexual health and conversations around it bro mm. yeah we mad conservative man all of us been they've been doing like like that's one of my biggest things like when you hear them old old time folks or whatever be like oh yeah that shit man you want to tell me that that like Malcolm and all that, like, you got to think when they had the zoot suits and all of them, like when you watch them old movies, you going to tell me they weren't having sex. But if you listen to them talk about, oh, nah, we weren't doing anything. Your mama was a virgin until I laid that back. Come on, man. Like, it's not real. <laughs> it, just, it just ain't real. Yeah. So I think what my goal is, and given like things have changed around, like, you know, I may not be the best when it comes to certain issues or whatever, but I think what I'm pushing for is to be like, yo, it's all right to go and have sex. Yo, it's all right to go and be safe. Yo, it's all right to go and talk about like, yo, we're conservative and I get it, right? Like there's some things like, you know, I, I don't got kids yet, right? So like, but I know when I have kids, like, yo, they're going to come a point at which, you know, if I got a daughter, she don't, she don't, she don't meet a dude, but maybe don't want to do it. <laughs> like I got to have, I got to be comfortable enough to have that conversation with her. I can't expect the streets to teach her because I like, mm. I, I, I didn't, my, my high school had 4,000 kids. We had a we had a, a daycare at our school because we had so many kids with kids. I know what the streets will teach you if you leave them out to the streets, right? Like, so I know on my side, like my goal is to normalize this within our community. 
And I think everything that I do sometimes, yeah, do I do I allow our content to go and test the boundaries? Of course. Why? Because you, I call it edutainment, right? It's educational, but it's entertainment, right? We it makes it really easy to relate to. It's talkative; people can engage with it, and we ain't talking at no at no college graduate level. It's something that people can rock with, and people can engage with, and feel like everybody got a spot. You like it? Cool. Talk about it. You don't like it? Cool. That's all good for you as well. Like, but let's. But I'm not going to be that dude that's going to be like, oh, no, people are going to force me not to talk about anything. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm independent. I, I don't got, I don't got, I wake up and however I wake up is what I'm going to do. Mm. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And, and because of how I got it, I know the struggle and I know that path at every step along the way. Right. It's mm. not, it's, 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 it's not something that like, Somebody found me day one. It was like, yo, here goes what you're going to get. Nah, dude, like, I, I I literally brick by brick had to figure out how to get this to go forward. And then I think what's different now is not only when people see it, it makes sense. When I first started this, no one believed. Not one, I not one person could see it. They're like, what's different about you? Why do we got to have it? You know, who's going to accept it? You know? I'm already good with Trojan or I'm already good with lifestyles and Durex. Like now people see it and it's like, oh, that, that actually, oh, I like that. That's different. It makes sense. But to get people to, to shift, I, had to, I, had to, I was on a whole nother side of the curve. So I think that also plays into my level of confidence right now, whatever as well, because I know what the real struggle is like, right? Like I know what having to change behaviors and change the way people think. Like mm. that's Mm. What what books do you recommend to read? I'm not a big reader, I'll tell you. Um mm. I, some of the best uh um I like I like all right, if I were to tell you what what I I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. That was probably the best book I ever read. Um, back to first page to last page. Um, I guess like business books, like I read, like, hold on. I actually, yeah, there, there's, um, thinking grow rich. There's, I'm, I'm just looking over at my bookshelf or whatever. Like, um, the spook that sat beside the door. That's a okay. really good book. If you Who's that it. by? Hold on. I, I could, if, if you give me two seconds, I walk, I'll walk over by my, um, by my little bookshelf or whatever. And I, and I could tell you. Cause I'm just like, fine. <laughs> give, give, me, give me two seconds. I'm gonna let you know exactly. Cause I'm gonna pull one other book in there. Cause there are a couple <laughs> of. Them. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you the the, the, the three. Yeah, one, two. Uh, yeah, this one. All right. The three books that I would probably recommend, like outside of um maybe Thinking Grow Rich. Uh, Tipping Point was a good one by Malcolm okay. Gladwell. I read that. Um, this is actually I loaned the book out to somebody, um, but this was the this was the uh, the the movie version. It's called The Spook Who Sat Beside the Door. One of the most they actually banned the banned the book um, because of kind of like how. 
kind of like controversial or whatever it was. And it, it, if if you get a, if you get an opportunity, definitely read it. It's one of the most powerful books or whatever that I've that I've read. It was so powerful that I bought the movie and then I lent out the book. Somebody never gave it back to me. But um, the only other, the other book that I thought was really really good is the Alchemist by um mm. by Paulo Coelho. Yeah, and the those, best those were like. Said is the, and the best book he said is the autobiography of Malcolm X. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. But I'll tell you, um, like with me, I'm more of the, I'm more of the mindset. Like I like to watch and learn from afar. Right. Mm. So like. I, like I didn't have a lot of like you know my mom like given she used to run a nonprofit or whatever my dad had a city job. Right. So like I was fortunate and that was my stepdad, my biological father. I never knew, but I was fortunate in that, like I had like, you know, a stable crib, even though all of my boys, like a lot of my boys, they didn't. But so with mm -hmm. me, like because some of the things that I wanted to do were so big, I had to kind of learn from afar. So that's why, like when I looked at like different business models, I looked at like the masterpiece. I looked at the Damon Dashes. I looked at like uh, Tyler Perry. Right. And what I would try to take is different nuggets. I would like follow them like in their career path and given it wasn't personal or I may never like I may not be in media like Tyler Perry or I may not have been in like, you know, clothing and all of that, like Damon Dash. Or I may not have been kind of like shopping music or whatever, like Master P. But I think that there's learnings to be taken from a black male perspective that we can't just take for granted that are applicable to everybody else. Our, our experience is unique. Right, because we're gonna get pressure from everywhere that we go, and people got to be able to see that. So that's mm. why, I like, look to say, like, all right, you you'll you'll read, you'll just watch people's stories, you'll watch when they come, kind of come across different encounters, and you'll be able to say, hmm, how they respond to that? How did they move when they were in this space? How did they move here? Have you ever thought about? expanding to not only condoms but you have uh what else is a protection for protection for women i forgot what it's called um um it's it's like what is it birth control something like that but it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, like, like, like birth yeah 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 um have you ever thought about like um you know just not only condoms but like it can be expanded to no, 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 like, like with me, that that's mm -hmm. the next step. So mm -hmm. right now I'm in the process of going from B condoms to B brand, right? And as so. part of that, and as part of that B brand, that's when I'm expanding into other other like verticals within the space. I'm not gonna get into like vibrators because anybody can just white label a vibrator and then there's you don't really know a brand behind it. Kind of like a rose. Everybody got a rose, but if you ask. Whose who's brand rose is different? No one knows because everybody got the same one, right? Like, so yeah. leaving, I'm leaving some of them spaces away, but like what, what I'm moving into is more so connecting communities of color with medications and drugs that I know that we necessarily need, that, but that aren't marketed as heavily within our community. And do you so, think... So for example, yeah. uh -huh. like... Um, and, and, and you'll see, we're gonna make we're gonna make a massive announcement this month. 
right? Like, and this is this is this announcement is going to be big enough to shake to shake the room. Um, and I know that this opportunity would not have come, but for me doing all of the work that I've kind of done to get to this place in space. Um, but yeah, but you're going to see where we're, I'm, I'm moving in a, I'm moving it. We're, we're going to be moving different. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, for me and my audience and my team for the podcast, how can we help you? Tell a friend to tell a friend. That's Step it. one, like, yeah, tell if you can follow us on our Instagram. It's at B condoms, the letter B condoms with an S. That's our Instagram page. Uh, you can uh, buy a box or whatever. If you ever go into like, you know, Target, CVS, Walmart or whatever, you see us there, just get a box like support. If you ain't using me a little low, don't worry. Give it, give it to your nephew, give it to your niece or whatever give it to your cousin somebody else who you know is out in the streets like that like and then outside of that you know just tell a friend just tell a friend like i need all of the support that we can get right like Absolutely. and i understand it may not all happen tonight it may not happen tomorrow it can be financial it don't got to be financial but just the more people that know about us the more the 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 more the better we're able to grow and for all the folks um especially for the black community um now we can be like, hey, there's no black owned condoms. There you go right there. Mm -hmm. So now we can put our money into Jason's business. Definitely. Yeah. I know I'm going to be doing that. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah. Actually, do you have um, any for in New York or it has mm -hmm. to be shipped? No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're every CVS you can get us. There's not okay. one CVS in the city that we ain't in. Um, you can also get us at the Targets in the city. Um, you know, they ain't got no Walmarts up there or whatever. But, yeah, you can get us at any of the Targets. You can get us in any of the CVSs. Okay, gotcha. And so, like, there's that Target at Atlantic Station or, or, or on Atlantic Avenue. Yes, whatever, right? I know you talk about, too. I Yeah, yeah, Coffee. yeah, yeah. Coffee. And I... <laughs> I feel like it's important for what you're talking about because now we can, uh, and we've been talking about this for years, about how we can have money coming to our community. And now we, it don't have to go outside of our community. It can just keep accumulating. That way it can just what happens when we're able to build an economic ecosystem, right? Chances are, if somebody's working for B condoms, they're most likely a person of color because they got to be able to connect with the community, mm -hmm. right? So by supporting us, essentially, you're supporting your aunt, your brother, your sister, you know, your cousin. Why? Because those are the ones benefiting, right? And until we begin to kind of see how that cycle, what you're supporting, it may be like one of us that's a CFO, one of us that's a head of marketing, one of us that's a head of like programming. It's all of these levels that like I think we took for granted before we integrated that we ended up losing with integration, right? And that's a whole separate discussion that I think, you know, that, that anybody could have at a different time. But when you're supporting a black business, you're not only supporting the business, you're supporting all of them people that that business is supporting, as well as all of those different skill sets. Because the truth sure. is, if you look at Trojan, yeah, they, or, or number one, they ain't got no black folks that work that, that work those levels to begin. But if they did, they're only going to have one. 
right? So like, how do you go and develop the next generation of a CFO if you only got a marketing guy, right? How do you generate the next the next generation of operations managers if you only got that one colored person that handles it? Like, it don't work that way. We got to have our own. Absolutely. Yes. And especially for, um, as we, when you talk about we got to have our own, um, what would you tell the people or even recommend the people about like, hey, we need diversity? What would you tell them that? Like you, you mean like tell like somebody from that that's that's saying for like us or like like somebody like a black person coming to me or like a white like what, what do you mean? You, so, you ain't gonna mention no words, man. It's your podcast. Own your own your space. <laughs> I'm talking about because I had percent of folks. <laughs> I'm that's talking why I went about. Wrong. I'm telling you, that's why I went wrong. Don't fall, like learn from me. <laughs> Copy. Okay. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there, bro. Leave it alone. Go deep, not wide. Mm. Go deep and not wide. Mm. That's the solution, especially for us. Because then we're going to be the folks that are going to elevate you. And the other folks are going to come on, but they're going to layer on after you already get hot within here. And the only way to get hot within here is to just, you, you, we can't we can't take 10 lanes. You got to own that one lane. That's a ball. Say, say that again. That was a ball. <laughs> I forget what I... <laughs> <laughs> that was a ball. Yeah. That was but, a big but, but, ball. But, but, but it's true. Look, look at Dion. Started off at Jackson State, then went to then went to what's it called? Look, look, look at look at even like Wallow and all of them. Million dollars worth of game. Started off in the community and then, then they went more, more mass market. Mm. You gotta own our you gotta own our niche first. Yes. And I I, I gotta ask this question. I got to. And I feel like this question is very important, even though some people already know this. Why is it important to protect yourself during while, you know, you're about to have intercourse? A couple of reasons. Number one, you you, you, you ain't trying to get burned, right? Like, if, if, if you want to be safe, you ain't trying to go to the doctor next week. You want the Facts. peace of mind, right? You want the peace of mind because you you don't you may not know everybody out here got two three people, and your two mm. three got another two three got another two three. The math is the math, right? So if like that's the case, step one is be 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 safe. And then if you're not really planning on having a baby, you're not planning on doing anything like that, then like you know just just be more responsible. Um, and, 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 and that, and that, and that, that's what I would say. So what, what, so give, give us a gem. What gem would you drop towards? Like it can be someone that's in a relationship or, you know, or dating someone and what gem would you drop towards someone that, um, wants to be like, you know, want to be a successful entrepreneur, 
um, not as far as like not uh, an dating essential essential to- entrepreneur. Right. Dating in a relationship with Jim, what I drop to them, people change, protect your heart. Mm. I didn't seen a lot of like, yeah. I don't think it's by chance that we're having all of these breakups and everything like that. I think the social media done, done threw the game into a whack. And I Facts. think people got too many options. <laughs> all right. And I think that too many people are chasing what they think is the next level up. And it's causing a lot of struggle and a lot of heartbreak where people where, where a lot of people in relationships are starting to feel like they didn't like they they tapped out before they maximized their market value. So what I tell people, step one is protect, protect your house, protect your home and realize some people may, may not be around forever. Mm. Um, so that's what I would tell people in a religious, you know, that that's the only way to stay safe. Um, people in business, I, can, I can't say this enough. Don't put don't don't build your business around time limitations build it around a commitment to go wherever the road leads you and, and allow it to take on its own form and shape. Yes, sir. And you got to stay person. You got to stay consistent, right? Because like anybody can get into a three month, six month game and you may got to sacrifice, right? Like you got to think I started off. We had three business partners. We weren't making no money, right? Like my sack, my pain tolerance is a lot higher than 99% of the people I know. And that's the only way I survived, right? Like now looking back, shit, I great life. I'm good, right? Like, but there was a lot of pain and a lot of struggle year over year that I had to experience to be able to get to this level. Like, I'll, and I, you want to hear numbers. My first year, we made $32,000, not profit, gross. Now imagine you out there going bodega to bodega, morning to afternoon, right? <laughs> Cold calling everybody, and you can't pay yourself a dime. And all of the money that the business brings in that you're able to actually credit for is thirty-two k. And you put a full year in at sixty hours a week. Your girl looking at you crazy, <laughs> you know. Your friends is looking at you crazy, and you ain't really ain't got nothing to show for it economically. And then mm. year two, we went up to 48, which is still bad, right? Like if you look at it from a business perspective, yeah, you're like 50% growth year over year, but 50% of what? 32,000 plus another 16. But we will, I was learning, right? Like I, now I can look back and say, shit, I, I get why it was. I didn't know where the money was. I didn't mm. even know how the money. I didn't have the credibility for people with bigger accounts to even trust me at that point. So it's not by chance that like, shit, if you got two business partners, some of them are going to be like, yo, my man, my funds and, and these little part-time gigs to keep a roof over, I can only go so far. I got, I got stabilized, bro. Mm. And that's why there's no even, there's, me and my old business partners, there's no hard feelings. Why? Because they knew the level of sacrifice. And they knew when they, when, when, when they went their own way, it wasn't guaranteed to work. No one gets off a ship that, that's working. Three questions left, and then we're going to end the podcast. Three questions left. So um, during your grind, when you was going deli to deli, let, let's, yeah. let, let's add value to 
especially the, the you know the people that's listening to this talk about your negotiations there was no negotiation they don't pay you mm. yo you want to know the hardest the hardest lick you walk into them bodegas you speak with the, the arab cat akbar and, and the little dominican cats they are not buying your product what they are telling you is yo i will take your product and if it sells I'll, I'll give you some type of money back. So consignment. That was hard. Hold on. So it was more like a, can you walk? Can, all right, real quick. I'm sorry. Can you walk through the, the process, how that went, please? Is Literally. Okay. Yeah, no, I'll tell you. And and, and, you, and you may actually, no, nah, but they would have probably expired by now. But like, yeah, no, literally went to the store like, yo, I got a condom company, you know, where, and literally what we did initially was we went from one to 10 from like, um, what was it, MLK on one side to like, to what's it called, the Malcolm X on the other. And, and we would literally block by block, right? We go inside. Hey, you know, we got B condoms. We're a new condom company based here in Harlem. We're trying to, you know, you want to buy our stuff. Now nah, we ain't buying. You you want to pick up. You're not on a distributor list because you don't know who they who they're getting this stuff by. All of these dudes are getting their stuff by a big distributor, which are also an ethnic game. All of the, all of the Arabs are getting this stuff from an from from like a Middle Eastern distributor that's supplying all of their stores. We're not even covered within that. The Indians are getting their stuff by an Indian distributor that's providing all of the products that are in all of their stores. These are immigrant communities. We don't own the stuff in our community. Yeah, you can have a product, but if you can't even get the product to your people in your own community, then what do you really own? We don't own nothing up north. So then you end up having to take whatever they give you. And what are they going to give you? All right, I'll put it in here, but I ain't going to pay you for it. And if your people buy it and you're able to drive some demand in, you know, we'll work out a consignment. I'll give you a buck, buck, buck per pack. So you want to know what I ended up having to do? When I first ordered, we bought a lot of them three packs. I had me and like five of my friends breaking down three packs, right, in my apartment and making them thousand cases. And then I sold because nonprofits buying a case of a thousand. So then I had to go and buy boxes. I repacked them into a case of a thousand and a little plastic bag and I resold them to nonprofits. That's how I made my little $32,000. You resold them to nonprofits. Yeah. That's that's and then they, that's, and then they, and, then, and then they would buy them from us and give them away for free. And and like um all the Arabs. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they all get it written and the Indians get it from an Indian distributor. We don't own our stores. We don't own our distribution. That's even yeah. why, like, right now, people are like, yo, Jay, are you going into the C stores and the convenience stores and all of them? I'm like, no, because we don't have brand recognition at that level yet. People are making those decisions within a, within a convenience store or a 7-Eleven or whatever within 30 seconds. They already know what they're going to get when they go up in there. It's the worst place place to have a new brand unless you're already unless you're already well known. You die quick. I didn't know that, right? We're learning everything step by step. 
I was okay. So now, since we're about to end uh, the podcast now, um, final thoughts, final thoughts on everything. Um, this journey and, and like my life, like I'm extraordinarily blessed. Mm. I had to go through the fire, but I would not give it up. I would not change one iota. I would not change one thing because this side of the curve so much more beneficial than what I could even imagine. And that's why the thing I tell everybody is trust the process, work hard, persevere, and focus on learning. Because that knowledge, that knowledge in that game is really what's going to take you the furthest. I have a question. We have a, okay, hold on. I'm, I'm, hold on. Let's see. How is it that immigrants can come here and build business with most of us? Six generations? Oh, easy. Easy. They already have an ecosystem for it, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm from Massachusetts, right? So like one of my first gigs, I used to have to work at a Super 8 motel, right? They were like the only, you know, the only jobs or whatever that they had in the area. What would happen is when an immigrant came, th the people would want to be able to expand and buy more hotels, but they needed somebody to go and manage it. So they would go into like partnerships with a person that the new immigrant would come in. They go like they'd be able to get 30% of the first of their first hotel, right? So then the other person would put up the money for the hotel. That new immigrant person will go and run it, manage it, do all of that, and save for their own hotel, all right? And that's how that ecosystem works. No, and they do the same thing with the bodegas, right? Like somebody will come up, will come aboard. Yeah, you're gonna be an employee, but then you're gonna learn the game. And then I want to go and be able to expand because I can only manage so many on my own. So I'll front the money, right? Because I know you ain't got the money. You'll own 30% of your first one, but you're going to run it. And then you're going to be able to be in a position where you can then save to be able to get your own. That's how they do it. Mm, okay. That's good. So, that's Yo, this is good. This was good. Yo, thank you for this. Um, so my, so the last question, once again, how can we support you? How can we, uh, and what's, and what's your social media? And also, um, uh, yeah. what what are the, you know the stores that we can buy so you know to support your business and uh, get these condoms? <laughs> nah, social media is at B condoms. The letter B condoms with an S. Uh, check us out on Instagram. That's our main platform. Uh, you can get us if you're in New York. You can get us at uh, Target. Any of the Targets. You can get us at any of the CVSs. Um, in addition, you can just visit us like online or whatever. And then what I always say is just tell a friend to tell a friend, let somebody know, you know, if anything comes up that you heard about a condom company out of Atlanta that started off in New York and then only black owned one and they're doing some real good, real good things. I'm sorry. What about the West coast? Cause we have, we have listeners from the West coast. Arizona, yeah, no, 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 no. We're nationwide. Yeah. Nation, like they okay. go into any CVS. We're in more than eight. We're in 7,800 CVS stores. Every CVS, gotcha. like, and and almost all of the targets now, because we just got a recent expansion within Target because we were doing well, and we're doing well because we focus like Target initially they just put us in the stores where we had our community, and then they expanded us from there. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Um, so as we end the podcast, um, thank you so much once again. 
Um, before I, before we get off, um, um, when we get off, I want to ask you one question, but, um, hey. but that's going to be the ending of the podcast. Um, thanks again. And, uh, we are out. I appreciate you. You're, yeah. Um,